Thank you, Jesus. As that song was being sung, reminded me of a scripture, it's not our text today, but one that, that can really lead in to, to our text where the prophet Isaiah wrote these words and it's recorded in Isaiah the 6th chapter verse 1 that when the, in the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord sitting upon a throne. He was high and he lifted up and his train filled the temple. And above it stood the seraphims and each one had six wings and with twain he covered his face with twain he covered his feet with twain he did fly. And one cried unto another and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. Isn't it interesting? The, the only description that's ever used in a triune way in three ways is when it speaks of God's holiness. That time and time and time again we hear it recorded, holy, holy, holy God. It's perfect within his holiness. And the word continues, and the post of the door moved at the voice of him that cried, and the house was filled with smoke. But then he, Isaiah said, then I said, woe is me, for I am undone, because I'm a man of unclean lips, and I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips, for my eyes have seen the Lord of hosts. And what we have to understand that what Isaiah is portraying, but also that we have to understand within our walk, until we begin to see God who he is and all of his glory and all of his holiness, we'll never see ourselves for who we are. Because when Isaiah saw God in his holiness, Isaiah, this great man of God, the prophet of God, he, he was a, the, 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 probably the religious leader of his day, fell on his face and says, I'm a man of unclean lips. And I dwell amongst the people of unclean lips. Father, folks, more than anything, what we today as a church needs to see is God and all of his holiness. So that then we can see ourselves for who we are. And today we're going to be studying what is known as the Day of Atonement or in the Hebrew thought, the Yom Kippur. And what's the big deal about that. And, and we're going to see it's because that, that because God is a holy God that we are separated from him because we are a unholy people. And before Jesus Christ there was a great division between a holy God and sinful man which is a picture of where each one of us lives today. Until that veil is broken down that, that we're separated from God in all of his holiness. I want to ask you, if you would, to turn to Leviticus, the 16th chapter. We're going to be looking at that passage today. We're going to continue our series of nothing but the blood. And what our goal during this series is to teach you that, that, that when, when Christ was crucified, when he died on Calvary's cross, when his blood was shed for you and me, that was not something that just occurred out of, just, just occurred as the first time in history. As a matter of fact, that was a fulfillment of many, many, many prophetic events that, that occurred throughout history. That, that teaches over and over and over again that only, the only way that sinful man can be reconciled to a holy God 
is through the shedding of blood. And the cross is the one that that accomplished that because the blood that was shed by Jesus Christ was perfect. Never needed to be shed again. But before we look at that, there's two things I do want to remind you of. I I failed to say one thing um, earlier, and and we need to look at, uh, if you're 55 and older at at Rayford Road Church, then you're considered a VIP. Isn't that kind of cool? You know, there's a lot of them restaurants out there that says I got to be 60 before I can get my get my discount card, but not at Rayford Road Church. If you're 55 and over, you're a VIP. That means vintage impact, and we have a have an activity for you. We know you like your activities, just like these young whippersnappers. And on Thursday evening, um, Brother Eddie and Sister Tonda has put together an event that um, that they want to take you out to a, a, a movie and a dinner night. And um, if you'd sign your name up so they can know for $15, you can go out and have, a, have dinner as well as you're going over to Stark to watch the war room. And so, hey, we'll even provide the transportation over there. That's pretty cool stuff, isn't it? And so um, please uh, get your name down or contact Pastor Eddie or Sister Tonda. Wonderful movie, wonderful movie. I, I've not had an opportunity, but I have heard so many people say that um, what a powerful, powerful movie that is so VIPs uh, write that down and um, and I know that you would want to be a part of that Leviticus the 16th chapter this is speaking of the day of atonement let me give you a little background last time that we studied we studied about Passover Passover was the the event that um, that occurred that when God was to lead people the children of Israel out of out of Egypt and um, set them free. It was going to be a new day for them. As a matter of fact, it was such an important day that God says, I'm changing the Jewish calendar. Um, The month that he led the people out of Israel, I mean out of Egypt, out of bondage, then that was the first first month, the new month of the Jewish calendar, and that occurred on the 10th day of the first month. The Day of Atonement, I think it's interesting, uh, occurs on the 10th day of the seventh month in the middle of the year. And, um, and I think that both of these events are significantly important, um, not only for the Jewish people, but also for you and me, because it teaches us today what God would have. But what the, what the purpose of the Day of Atonement, as a matter of fact, is the most important uh, of all the Jewish holy, holy days. It's a, it's a day that represents how, again, sinful man can have his sins atoned sinful man can stand before a holy God. And folks, one thing that we, under, we must understand, it doesn't matter whether it started in the garden with Adam and Eve or it doesn't matter what culture you live in or what period of time that, that um, you live in. As one old man has said, you know what? Peoples are people. People are the same. Throughout the ages, no matter what culture you are, that the Bible teaches us, for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. From the time of Adam and Eve, um, through Cain and Abel and right on up through you and me, people are still broken people. We are still sinners, and our sin has separated us from a holy God. The Day of Atonement, again, was a way for the Jewish people to understand that this is how you can, in, in, a, manner, can, in, in, a, in a manner that God has ordained, can have peace with God. But you have to understand the Day of Atonement was a day that was held year after year after year after year, even unto today. So let's all stand together as we read this passage. And I'm going to, I'm going to read a, a lengthy part of the passage because you need to see the whole picture. 
I think it's very interesting how God leads into this passage, which actually begins in, in verse 3 of the Day of Atonement, but what occurred right before then. Because in, in, in verse 1 of chapter 16, it says, And the Lord spake unto Moses after the death of the two sons of Aaron, when they offered before the Lord and died. Wow, what, what is that all about? Why is God about to speak of the, the Day of Atonement, this, this very important thing, and talks about two sons of, of two sons of Aaron dying. Because, folks, God, people can only come to God God's way. We can only worship him God's way. We can't do it our way. We can't say, if, you know, if it feels good, do it, and this is how we'll come to God, that, you know, we can come to God in many... Have you ever heard that? Well, people come to God in, in, with, in many different roads. Well, obviously, Aaron, who was the high priest, he had two sons that were of priestly order. They decided to worship God their way. And when they offered what, the, what we, we know in another passage, profane fire, and that just meant fire that, that God did not intend, God killed them both. Now, you may think, that's a little bit harsh. But folks, in these particular times when God is, when he's establishing his principles, we find times in Scripture that God dealt very harshly in those situations. Why? So that we, he might get our attention. And so what he, he introduced this passage is, is, you better do it my way. You need to do it my way. But then in verse 2 it says, And the Lord said unto Moses, speaking to Aaron thy brother, that he come not at all times into the holy place within the veil before the mercy seat, which is upon the ark, that he die not. He's saying, Aaron, if, if, if you want to keep yourself from dying, then you do it my way. And, and he says, you can't come back and forth. And, and what he's speaking about, for, for if you're not familiar with that, within the, within the tabernacle that was called a holy place, there where the priest himself could come, and, and there within the tabernacle, there were, there were three pieces of furniture. There was, there was the, a furniture of incense where um, that represents the, the prayers of man going um, before God. There was also the, the prayer, there was a table of, of showbread or bread that, that where God is the bread of life. But also there was a, there was a, a table of, um, of just a, a, of light. The table of lights, representing that God is the light of the world. But behind that, but on the other side of that holy of holies, it was, it was divided, and there was a big veil or a big curtain. And on the other side of that curtain was a place that was called not the holy place, but the holy of holy places. And in that holy of holies, there was the Ark of the Covenant. And under, on the Ark of the Covenant, there was a, a gold a cover, if you please, and, and it's, 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 it's known, and, and most of the times you'll understand it being, being called the mercy seat because you can only find mercy at the foot of God because this represents the presence of God. And, 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 and covering it was two golden angels. But the reason it was separated from the holies by this great veil is the picture that sinful man is separated from a holy God. And only one time a year could a man appointed by God, the high priest, go behind the veil and make atonement for the people. One man, 
one time a year could enter into the Holy of Holies, the high priest. Aaron, he was speaking of, was that high priest. And then he describes how this man has to come. He says, Thus shall Aaron come into the holy place with a young bullock of her sin offering and a ram, a burnt offering. And he shall put on the holy linen coat, and he shall have the linen breeches upon his flesh, and shall be girded with a linen girdle, with a linen mitre shall he be attired. These are the holy garments. Therefore he shall wash his flesh in water, and so put them on. And he shall take of the congregation of the children of Israel two kids of the goats for a sin offering, one ram for a burnt offering. And Aaron shall offer his bullock of sin offering, which is for himself, and make an atonement for himself and for his house. And he shall take the two goats and present them before the Lord at the door of the tabernacle of the congregation. And Aaron shall cast lots upon the two gates, one for the Lord and the other for the, the lot of the scapegoat. And Aaron shall bring the goat upon which the Lord's lot fell and to offer him for a sin offering. But the goat on which the lot fell for the scapegoat shall be presented alive before the Lord to make an atonement with him and to let him go for a scapegoat into the wilderness. And Aaron shall bring the bullock of the sin offering which is for himself and he shall make an atonement for himself and for his house and shall kill the bullock of the sin offering which is for himself. And he shall take a censer full, uh, full of burning coals of fire from off the altar before the Lord, and hands full of sweet incense, beaten small, and bring it within the veil. And he shall put the incense upon the fire before the Lord, that the cloud of the incense may cover the mercy seat that is upon the testimony that he die not. And he shall take the blood of the bullock and sprinkle it with his finger upon the mercy seat. Eastward, before the mercy seat, he shall sprinkle the blood with his finger seven times. Then shall he kill the goat of the sin offering that is for the people and bring his blood within the veil and, and, and do with that blood as he did with the blood of the bullock and sprinkle it again upon the mercy seat and before the mercy seat. He shall make an atonement for the holy place because of the uncleanness of the children of Israel because of their transgressions and all of their sins. And so shall he do for the tabernacle of the congregation that remaineth among them in the midst of the uncleanness. And there shall be no man in the tabernacle of the congregation when he goeth to make an atonement for the holy place until he come out and have made an atonement for himself and for his household and for all the congregation of Israel. And he shall go out into the altar that is before the Lord and make an atonement for it. And shall take of the blood of the bullock and of the blood of the goat and put it upon the horns of the altar round about. And he shall sprinkle of the blood upon it in the finger, and with his finger seven times and cleanse it and and hallow it from the uncleanness of the children of Israel. And when he hath made an end of the reconciling the holy place and the tabernacle of the congregation of the altar, he shall bring the live goat. And Aaron shall lay both of his hands upon the head of the live goat and confess over him all the iniquities of the children of Israel and all their transgressions and, and, and all their sins, putting them upon the head of the goat, and shall send him away by the hand of a fit man into the wilderness." And the goat shall bear upon him all the iniquities into a land not inhabited, and he shall let the goat go in the wilderness. Let's pray. Father, I pray that you'd, you'd, you'd take this word, and, and God, I just, I just pray that you'd apply it to our heart, and God, that, that first of all, we might see you for who you really are, that God, that you're perfect in your holiness. And God, that we might see ourselves as we, we really are, Father, that we're sinners separated from you. 
apart from the shed blood of Jesus Christ. And I pray, Father, today that, God, that you would do a work in each of our hearts and each of our lives. You know what's going on in our lives, Father. The God that we might have, have come in today with a, a smile on our face, dressed in our nice clothes, but deep within, Father, we're hurting. And I just pray that, Father, you'd meet us in that hurt. And, God, that even as Jesus said, that, that, that as he called out, Come to me, all you that are weary and heavy laden, and I'll give you rest. And I pray today that, God, that people might find rest in your word. I pray that they might find peace in your work. God, bless our time. God, just touch us, Father, in the precious name of Jesus, I pray. Amen and amen. Well, a lot of, a lot of pictures that, that you see there, but as I think about this particular passage, our focus today is going to be on those two goats that were for the, for the congregation of Israel. And with that in mind, um, I, just, I just want to begin to think that, you know, I've, I've heard people say within, within my life on earth, you know, that when, it, when it's dealing with forgiveness or someone has broken their heart or hurt them, you hear them say that, you know, I'll forgive you, but I will never forget. Have you ever heard that? I'll forgive, but not forget. And basically when they're saying that, understanding that, you know, when something occurs in your life, it's just not washed away from your memory. But, but if you don't release that, it, you, it, it, if you forgive someone but you are still holding on to them, you've really not forgiven them. As a matter of fact, you're not holding on to the situation, it's holding on to you. As long as you hold in the back of your mind that situation. And that's how so many of us live our lives but not God. As a matter of fact, when God atones for our sin, when God forgives us of our sins, that, that we'll find in this passage at time and time and time and over that we find throughout Scripture that not only does God forgive, but God also forgives. And folks, that ought to be a glory hallelujah. That ought to be a thank you, Jesus. That God not only has the power to forgive my sins, but through the beautiful power of the work of Christ that God says, I will also forget your sins. Never to bring them up anymore. And that's a picture that we have within this passage today that that's why it's so important that, that although that we know that, that through the cross of Jesus Christ that he fulfilled the promises of God, that, but God gave us pictures throughout the Old Testament to teach us of a coming Savior, of a coming Messiah, to fulfill this work in perfect in perfection and on that day of atonement, this most holy day of the year for the Jews, that we might find out so much about God and so much about his people and so much about his coming Savior. I want you to, to, to think back with me. I want you to picture with me what was going on within this passage. God had told Aaron, and he had given Aaron warning, just, just as your sons had died by, by them not following my rules, by, by offering profane fire, that Aaron, you better do it my way. But as he told, he told Aaron on the 10th on the day of the seventh month, that's the only time that you or any of the high priests will be able to come behind the veil. But Aaron, before you do that, 
you're going to need to wear holy garments representing the, the cleanliness or the holiness of the Lord. But even before you put those garments on, you're going to have to wash your body. You can't put clean garments on a dirty, dirty body. Wow, what does that teach us, folks? You can't put on the righteousness of Christ if you're filthy inside. That there must be some cleansing that goes on. That you need to wash yourself thoroughly, then you can put on the, on the righteous garments, on uh, uh, the clean garments. But before you go behind that veil, what needs to be brought to you, there needs to be a, there needs to be a bullock. And then there will be from the congregation two goats. Why the bullock? Because the problem with Aaron was this. Aaron was just like you and me. He was a sinner just like you and me. And a holy God can't look upon sinful man. And so for Aaron to even be able to represent man before a holy God, Aaron himself had to bring an atonement for himself. He had to be clean in the eyes of God himself. And so before Aaron could even do any work for the, for the, for the congregation of Israel, he had to do a little bit of work for himself. And he had to sacrifice a bull, and, and he had to, for, for Aaron and his family, that that bull had to be sacrificed, and he had to make an atonement for himself so that he would, he would sacrifice that bull, take the, uh, the blood from the, the bull that he was sacrificed, he would go behind the veil, and he would, he would sprinkle it upon the mercy seat, which represents the presence of God. Then and only then could he be prepared to offer sacrifice for the people. After he had done that for himself, he took two goats. Two goats. Why, why two goats? We'll talk about that in just a moment. There was two goats that would, would be brought for him. They were for the congregation of Israel, and, 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 and the Bible says they would cast lots for them, and, and God is the one that, 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 that God even, he, he's the one that directs the fall of the dice. And one of the goats that would, it, the, the, the lots would say would be the, for the Lord, the other would be to be kept alive. He was called the scapegoat. The one that was for the Lord was one that would be sacrificed for the, for the sins of the people of Israel. And, and after Aaron had sacrificed for himself the bullock, then he would take that, that goat that the lot fell for the Lord and he would sacrifice that goat. And just like then he had, he, had, he had went in and atoned for his own sins, now he would take the blood of that goat that, that God had said, this is mine, and he would go behind the, the altar, behind the veil, and he would sprinkle that goat's blood upon the altar for the forgiveness of sins. Why is this important? Because the Bible teaches us and almost all things are purged with blood, and without the shedding of blood there is no remission. Because don't you remember the Bible teaches us for all have sinned, we've all fallen short of the glory of God, and also the wages of sin is death. That because of man's sin is death, that therefore there must be a death then to be made right with God. Do you remember back when we talked about when, when, when Adam and Eve had sinned and they tried to cover up their sin their way? It didn't work, and so what happened? An innocent animal had to die for God to make coverings for their sin. 
And don't you remember with Cain and Abel, the big difference between Cain and Abel is that, that, that God accepted Abel's offering. Why did he accept Abel's offering? First of all, Abel gave it with a right heart, but also there was the shedding of blood. Don't you remember that we talked about last week that, that when, when, when God was about to send the plague of death upon Egypt, that what God had told the people to do is you take a lamb and you bring that lamb into your house for four days and on the tenth day of the first month, then you'll shed that lamb's house, you'll take that, that lamb's blood and put it on the lintel, and anyone that is under the blood, the death angel would pass over. It's consistent throughout all of Scripture that without the shedding of blood, there is no remission. So Aaron had to shed blood for his own self so he might be presentable to God, but then as a representative of, between God and the people, he, he, he shed the blood of a lamb or a, a young goat and took it behind the altar. Folks, there is no salvation apart from the shedding of blood. There is no salvation apart from death. Someone has to pay the price. But there's something very interesting about this is there was another goat. Not only the one that, that, that that's blood was shed that was, was sprinkled on the mercy seat, but there was another goat. And that goat was, 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 was sometimes called the scapegoat. That's how many of your translations or, or your translation might, might call, it the, the, call it the name Azazel. Which there's a lot of confusion about what does that really mean? That, that, that it means a place in the wilderness because that was the name of the wilderness that would be sent. But what the picture of this particular goat is, that so this goat would, be, would, would, would stay alive. And then after Aaron had sacrificed the first goat, then he would come outside, they would bring the live goat to him, he would put his hands on the head of that live goat, and then it said that he would confess all the sins of Israel upon the head of that goat. I bet that took a while, don't you? Now, Joel, I think you're a pretty good fellow, but I believe if you even started confessing your own sins, it'd probably take a while, wouldn't it? Huh? And I think you're a pretty good fellow, but folks, we're all sinners. As a matter of fact, the Bible says, you know, our sins are nothing more than... For, um, I mean, our, our righteousness is nothing more than filthy rags before the Lord. So, man, you know, every sin that, that he would take. And, and I, folks, I don't think he said, well, Lord, I just confess the sins of Israel. I don't think he just spoke it in a general term. I think, I think he's, he got really real. I think he got over that goat and he began to say, God, we have rebelled against you. Father, we have used your name in vain. We have worshipped idols. We, have, we, have, we are sexually immoral, and I'm sure that he called it out by name. Father, we have lied to you. We have lied to our wives. We have lied to our husbands. We have lied to our children. We have lied to, to our, our business partners. God, we're just a bunch of liars. God, we have cheated, we have, we have lusted within our heart towards our wives, we've, we've, we've lusted within our hearts, we've had unpure thoughts. Did I say one thing with my mouth that I'm thinking something else within my heart? The God that we've done our th things our way and not your way? 
God, we have, we, have, we have told filthy jokes in your name before those who are outside of the children of Israel. We have profaned your name. I'm telling you, man. Probably got a little uneasy around there for those that's hanging out. Because they probably began to think, oh, Aaron had read some of their mail. But you know why Aaron would qualify to do that? Because he was one of them. And again, peoples are people. He might be a high priest, but he was a sinner too. And he prayed, he prayed. The Bible says twice he prayed. He, he confessed every sin, all the sins of Israel. And, and probably when he got finished, God, if there's any of them I forgot, you already know what they are. Over that land. Then the Bible says there was a man that was fit for the cause. It doesn't really describe who this is. So he took that goat out into the wilderness, a place where there's absolutely no habitation, where there's no people. And he took that goat on a journey and probably fit. He, he had to be strong himself to take that goat into a place where no one dwells, where no one even knows no foot has ever tread upon that place. Azazel. And he turns that goat loose. You see, the picture is that goat was carrying all the sins of Israel. And he was taken to the wilderness. What does all that mean? I think it helps us a whole lot if we begin to connect the Old Testament with the New Testament. If you take your Bibles and turn to Hebrews now, the, there's no way I can address all of this. But if you turn to Hebrews, the ninth chapter, and follow with me as I begin to read at verse 11. If you're there, let me know what amen. Hebrews, the 11th, not chapter, verse 11, but Christ being a high priest of good things to come. He's not just a, a high priest. He's the great high priest. By a greater and a more perfect tabernacle, not made with hands, that is in to say, not of, of this building. He went to the tabernacle of the heavenlies. Listen to what it says in verse 12. Neither by the blood of go goats and, and calves, but by his own blood, he entered into, once into the holy place, having obtained an eternal redemption for us. He didn't, have to, he didn't have to go in with, a, with the blood of a, a bullock or a goat, folks. He went in there with his own blood. You see, Christ Jesus was not only the high priest, he was the sacrifice himself. See, that's one thing, that there's nothing, there's nothing that can perfectly identify with Jesus Christ because there's none other Jesus Christ. That there was a high priest, but he was the great high priest. And when he, off, he, he walked into the tabernacle, he did not walk into the tabernacle with bloody hands of, 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 of something different. He walked in there with his own blood, folks. For the blood of bulls and goats and the ashes of a heifer sprinkling the unclean sanctifieth the purifying of the flesh, how much more shall the blood of Christ, who through the eternal spirit offered himself without spot to God, purge your conscience from dead works to serve the living God? Is that good or not? 
And how many times did he walk in there once? He didn't have to do this year after year. And for this cause, he is the mediator of the New Testament, the New Covenant, by the means of his death for the redemption of the transgressions that were under the First Testament, they which are called might receive the promise of eternal inheritance. I want you to look at verse 4 of chapter 10. For it's not possible that the blood of bulls and goats should, be, should take away sins. Wherefore, when he cometh into the world, he said, Sacrifice and offering thou wouldest not, but a body that thou hast prepared for me. In burnt offerings and sacrifices for sin thou hast no pleasure. Then said I, speaking of Jesus Christ, Then I said I, lo, I come, to the volume of the book it is written, To do thy will, O God. Remember in the garden when Jesus says, you know, take this cup from me, but then he says, no, it's not my will, but thine be done. And above when he says, sacrifice and offerings and burnt offerings for sin thou wouldest not, neither has pleasure therein which are offered by the law. Then he said, lo, I come to do thy will, O God. He taketh away the first that he may establish the second. See, he took away the old law that he might establish something better, something that didn't have to be offered year after year after year. In verse 10 it says, by which we are sanctified through the offering of the body of Jesus Christ once and for all. And every priest standeth daily ministering and offering uh, oftentimes the same sacrifice which never can take away sins. He said in the old way, priests had to continue to do it oftentimes. But that can never take away sin. But this man, after he had offered one sacrifice for sins, forever sat down at the right hand of God. His job was finished. From henceforth, expecting till his enemies be made his footstool, for by offering he hath perfected forever them that are sanctified. Wherefore, uh, the, wherefore the Holy Ghost is also a witness to us that for after he said, that after he said before, this is the covenant that I will make with them after those days, saith the Lord, I will put my laws in their hearts and in their minds, and I write them and their sins and their iniquities. Will I remember no more? You see what's going on here, folks? See, the Day of Atonement was a day that, that God would let his people realize that, that, that I'm a holy God and you're a sinful people and something has to be done about that. And there's this veil that separates a holy God from sinful people. And until Jesus Christ, there was one man, a, a, a high priest, that did it God's way. As a matter of fact, we're told that they had to put bells on the bottom of their garment because if... If they did it wrong, they would die, and they'd have a rope tied to them so they could pull them out of there. Folks, God is serious about his holiness. And it's not through your ideas or what you think about it it's going to work. It's by what God thinks about it. So on this Day of Atonement, this is so beautiful, and I just want to pull this together as, as quick as I can that we see that because of the work of Christ and, and the Day of Atonement was a picture of that, that first of all, people's sins have been completely forgiven. Isn't that good? Because he only had to walk once. When he walked behind the veil with his own blood, it was forever satisfied because that was the perfect blood of the Lamb. You see, that's a, the, when, when, when Aaron was placed in his hands, 
upon that goat to be offered to the Lord, that goat where he would go and, and sprinkle it upon, upon the mercy seat. That's a picture of the cross, dear friends, where blood had to be shed for the remission of our sins. And it was on the cross that Jesus Christ offered himself between heaven and man that our sins would be forgiven. Why do they need to be forgiven? Because, folks, there's a penalty for my sin, there's a penalty for your sin, and that penalty is death, eternal separation from God. And every one of us are in that same boat. We've all been born into sinful man, and so death has passed from, 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 from our fathers onto us, and we've all sinned. I've heard it said before, somebody's going to die for the penalty of my sin, either me or Jesus Christ. And that's the same for all of us. Someone is going to pay that wage of death, whether it be you or whether you allow it through the work of Jesus Christ. You know, and, and, and not just death. Not only is there eternal separation from God, but folks, we, we have to understand the severity of the matter is it's not only eternal death, but it's eternal damnation. Folks, there's a real hell. And there's real damnation. As a matter of fact, it doesn't say that we shall become the children of wrath, that apart from Christ, we're, apart from Christ, we're already the children of wrath. It's only from the mercy of God that even now He protects us from tasting that eternal damnation. It's by God's mercy. Jesus Christ himself said in Matthew 25, Then they, he shall say unto them on the left hand, Depart from me, ye cursed into an everlasting fire, prepared for the devil and his angels. If you so choose to reject Christ and follow his devil, the devil, then you're going to follow in the same place that the devil and his angels, into an everlasting fire. Folks, this is not Johnny speaking. This is, I'm, not, I'm not trying to, to, I'm just trying to explain the word. This stuff was serious to God. Because, folks, we serve a holy, holy, holy God. And He can't be in the presence of sin. And His wrath is just a natural reaction of a holy God to remove that which is unholy. Man, I opened up a a cabinet in my garage a week ago, and I just going to go there and clean a few things up. And I had some stuff stuck in them. Some big old woods roaches started coming out of that thing. And they just kept pouring out of that thing. And I can promise you, I poured some wrath on them boys. <laughs> I tried to step on one, but it stunk so bad, and so... Man, I went and, 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 and about bought me a two-pack of um, roach spray. And, man, I just come and I just, I, just start, I just started eliminating them fellas. I didn't want them in my cabinet. And the wrath that I put on them is because I was trying to eliminate that which I thought was filthy. Folks, that's all the wrath of God is. See, people talk about, oh, how can a, how can a good God, allow, you know, do that? How can a good God not do that? How could a good God allow roaches to be all in his world? 
See, it's not God that sinned. It's you and me that sinned. And a good God is a just God, and a just God is going to deal with that, which is going to bring harm to him as well as to his kingdom. So you can't blame damnation on God. That is, you can't blame wrath on God because God is, on, that's only a reflection. That's only the, just what God does to eliminate that which is imperfect. See, folks, it's not that God rejected man. Man's the one that rejected God. That's why the wages of sin is death. That's why there is no remission apart from the shedding of blood. That was the whole picture of these, this lamb having to be slaughtered, that, that if you want your sins forgiven, then, then there, there needs to be a substitute for you, and, and that lamb would, would be a picture of that substitute and where the high priest would, would take him before a holy God, and that high priest would be a representative between you and a holy God that blood has been shed on your behalf. But the problem is, is that was just a picture of the real thing to come. That First of all, that high priest had sins for himself he had to deal with. And second of all, the blood of the lamb or goat is not really going to forgive my sin. It's, it's his faith in that which will. But folks, one day there came a high priest. His name was Jesus. He didn't have to make an offering for his own sin because he was sinless. See, he didn't have to die for his own sins because he was sinless. He didn't, nothing even had to die for him. He was sinless. And so when he walked behind that veil, he didn't walk with, a, with, with, with the blood of a little goat. He walked with his own blood. And he stood before the Father and said, Father, my blood has been shed for my children. And he only had to do it one time because his blood is perfect. And as many as received him, gives he the right to become the children of God. For those who believe it's by the work that Jesus did and not by their own blood, their sins are totally forgiven. And folks, it says eternally forgiven. It doesn't have to happen time and time and time Again, when God says forever, he means forever. Because the blood of Christ will cleanse us from all of our sin. You need to hold on to that. What's so cool about it? Jesus, Jesus is such a savior. One goat wouldn't do. It's going to take two goats to really show what Jesus did. Because not only was that one goat who his blood was shed and for the forgiveness of sins... But there was another goat that was brought. They called him the scapegoat. He probably thought, I've got the easy way out. And as I got to thinking about it, the other goat died. That'd be pretty tough. But I think it's the scapegoat that took the heaviest burden. Because it says all the sins of Israel was put on his back. Would you like all the sins of every person in this place? And every, you know, everybody looks pretty decent around here. But would you like all the sins of every one of these people to be placed on your back? Folks, I have a hard time carrying my own sins. But all the sins of the people were put on that goat. I can't imagine the weight of that goat. And he was led into a wilderness. 
and he disappeared. See, because there's another goat that had to take a picture that, that it took to, to picture Jesus Christ. Not only did he die for the forgiveness of our sins, but also there's a picture where there's, he took all of our sins upon himself. I've done some pretty foul things in my life. But just the thought of Jesus taking my sin upon himself. He took all of my sins and all of your sins and the sins of the whole world upon himself. And he was sent to the grave. You see, this goat, this, this, this goat represents Jesus not only dying on the cross, but now this goat is Jesus going to the graves. I love that song, Oh Glorious Day. When I think about this, it brought to my mind, Live and he loved me. Dying, he saved me. Buried, he carried my sins far away. Do you remember what? When Jesus walked up and, and John was out baptizing. And how John recognized Jesus. The lamb that taketh away the sins of the world. See, that's the picture here. See, the scapegoat was a picture of Jesus taking away all of our sins and taking them into a wilderness that they'll be remembered no more. And folks, that ought to be something to get excited about. See, Jesus didn't only die that my sins might be paid for and they might be forgiven, but Jesus took my sins into a wilderness where God himself says, I will remember them no more. I forgot about them, and you need to forget about them too. Why is that such a big blessing? Because first of all, I don't have to carry the guilt anymore. The guilt will just destroy you. But because Jesus Christ not only died for my sins, but he carried my sins away, that God has forgotten them, I don't have to carry his guilt anymore. That goat, which is a picture of Jesus Christ, carried my sins. He carried my guilt into the wilderness. And not only that, not only do I have to not worry about carrying the guilt because, because my sins were forgiven at the cross and they've been carried away, but also the adversary, which the Bible says the old accuser, who will try to come to me and try to drag up my old sins and make me think about all those bad things I can do and I can say, away from me, my sins have been forgiven and my sins have been carried away. There's no more you can accuse me of. It's all been washed away. And that was the picture of the lamb that was for the people that died for the people and the lamb or the sheep that carried into the wilderness. Oh, my friend, that's good news. And again, it's so cool about Jesus Christ within this story itself. It took three different, it took, it took three different characters to, to reveal Jesus it took the character of the priest but the priest didn't really 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 show him because that that priest had sins of himself Jesus was a perfect priest that one goat that died was not was not the character that could fulfill everything about Jesus because that was just showing the forgiveness of our sins that other goat had to be involved 
to reveal that all those sins would be carried into the wilderness, never to be known again. Now, as I close this message out, I just stop and think about how many people in the sitting here today that you have wasted your life away because of the regrets of, of sins of yesterday. That you have, you, have, you have allowed yourself to be lied to and robbed from because you can't get over yesterday's past. And I'm afraid there's a lot of people, even in the church, that finds themselves in that place. First of all, there's some of you today that needs to come and recognize there, you, there needs to be a forgiveness of your sin. You, you've maybe thought, well, coming to church will, will, allow, will, will cause your sins to be forgiven or reading your Bible or helping old ladies cross the street. God says, no, you better do it my way, and it's only through the shedding of blood. Unless you come through the, 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 the blood of Jesus Christ, you can't come to a holy God. And it may be today you may need to recognize that you're only the only way to salvation is through the shed blood of Jesus Christ, and today you may need to come to Jesus Christ yourself. It can't come, you can't do it any other way. I ask you to come to Jesus today. And then also, for those of you people that, that, that you've, you've tasted the forgiveness, but you continue to allow yesterday to weigh you down, you are dealing with stuff that God himself says, I forgot about. You need to do what God's done. You need, you need to believe in the work of Jesus Christ, that his blood has, has, has cleansed your sins. And that they've been taken into a wilderness. And God says, well, I will remember them no more. So why are you dredging up stuff God has already says, I've dealt with? You may need to come today and you may need to get on your knees and say, God, today I accept not only your forgiveness, but I, I, I'm forgetting my sin. Jesus took care of that. You know what? That would set you free. That would set you free. See, that's why you got to be, 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 be careful. That, 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 that when you begin, see a lot of people identify themselves with their sins. You've got to be careful about that. And I know Mike, I, I might begin a little, y'all, but you've got to be careful of that. Folks, when Christ sets you free, he sets you free. He makes you a new person, he makes you a new person. Don't identify yourself with the yesterdays, you identify yourself with who you are today. You're a child of God. You've been purchased by the king. You may need to just come on your face and get on your face and say, thank you, Jesus. I'm a child of God. Thank you, Lord. Has the Holy Spirit spoken to your life today? Father, I just pray right now as our team comes, Lord, that God, that you just move, and God, that we might just celebrate what Jesus Christ has accomplished for us. God, that great picture that you've given us on that day of atonement, that day that, dear Father, that, that had to be repeated over and over and over again in the Jewish culture. But thank you, Jesus. You came once and you came once and for all. And God, not only are our sins forgiven, but our sins have been cast away. They've been carried away to remember no more. So God, I pray that you bless this time, Lord. I play preach person here today. You know what's going on in our hearts. God, there's some here today that needs to deal with their salvation. They need to deal with their sins. And I pray today that they realize that Christ and Christ alone is the only, only way to a holy God. And I pray today that they would come to you, that they'd cry out to you right now. God, there's Christians here today, God, that have allowed themselves to be weighted down by the guilt of the past, 
And, um, and um, I pray today that, God, that you'd set them free. Father, pray, pr I pray that you'd bless this time in Christ's name. Amen.